Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light Lightfinger Thief. And today I'm joined by our new host here, Marsha. Hi, all. And Logar the Barbarian. Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. Logar, it seems like you uh, found some new items here. It looks like they're like some long pole arms of some sort that you're carrying in your backpack. I don't know if they're pole arms, though. Uh, here's the thing. Some of these things, when I read this, I don't know how you're going to use these, like carry them around. <laughs> 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 they are. Uh, have you, uh, you've heard the term hand cannon, I think. Yep. Or that, I think they're hand cannons, a lot of these. Uh, so we're back on a dragon mag. Dragon Bag number 60 from April 1982. There is an article in here. Firearms. First, guns were not much fun for trigger men on their targets. Well, that's assuming that the gun would fire and not blow up in your face, right? So I think that's a big part of this uh, This and what makes them interesting to me. Now, you said, Marsha, you were saying before that you, you had an opinion on, on what guns should be used in d and I'm curious to hear that. <laughs> right. So my thinking was that this is a really cool article as far as like beautiful history and talking about how guns, when they're first produced, were pretty fucky as far as like exploding on you. I feel like just in the spirit of like, at least old dandy, not so much advanced dandy. I think it'd be more fun if they were more like Western, like revolvers and stuff, because I think that aligns very well with like the sort of mixed aesthetic that at least that edition has of medieval slash Western slash whatever. But also I really appreciate this article for how they talk about the actual early history of firearms. So you would uh, prefer like the like a traditional six shooter revolver types from the old spaghetti westerns? Oh, absolutely! Both because it's easier to keep track of, <laughs> and also just to like I don't know. I think the characters are kind of like cowboys. Oh, that's true. They are more like cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've I've always I I have a long held um, aversion to firearms in the game. Often, yeah, for likewise. Many reasons <laughs> from a fantasy D and D context. <laughs> If we're playing a historical game, I'd be more open to it, or a uh, pulp, you know, 1920s game. But uh, I've seen, di- I've played a lot of different games, so it depends on the game you're talking about. But I've seen a lot of games where guns end up becoming just way too overpowered in the game. Okay, so if you're like a say a level <laughs> six magic user and you cast magic missile, would you cast magic missile, or would you pull out your, uh, I don't know, firearm, six shooter, powder gun? Well, here's the thing: you can cast magic missile probably one time a day, unless you memorize a bunch of them, and then you lose your other spells. A, a, a gun. One of the things I like about this article is there is a huge limitation to how much they can be fired. That's true. These are powder weapons, so you gotta like find the powder and. Just- and the shell, right? So the table of guns, or the abbreviate and the abbreviated table of guns they give, which is on page 28, it gives you the gun, na- the guns' names, the calibers, the weight of the projectile it's shooting, the range it can shoot. Then it gives you the damage it can shoot. And some of these things are doing like 5D10. They're powerful. <laughs> I mean, like a 5D10 oh. that'll wipe out like a level one party. <laughs> Which I guess it makes sense, but wait, are we talking about the handguns or are we talking about the cannons? So that we're we're going back in time to where like like handguns and, and muskets and stuff aren't very common in what they're talking about. A lot of these things, like one of the first things they bring up in the article, it was called a, what was that? What was that? What was it called? A pot defer? It, and I looked it up. It, it's it, they they called it a pot. They t- an, a pot or a lot that shot large bolts. 
And it doesn't look like a gun you'd traditionally think of a gun. It looks like a cannon, like a hand cannon. So a lot of the firearms that are looking, because I started Googling some of these, like these are not rifles and pistols you'd be carrying around most of these. Some of the musket type things, more, uh, they have a couple there. But most of these are historically accurate, like cannons. And those things would blow up on you pretty easy. I watched that documentary they have on Netflix recently about Constantinople. It's Istanbul. You, you, you can't go back or something like that. And, uh, ooh, that was way old, way overused. But I was like, uh, taking... I was like are you talking about they might be giants now? Yeah. <laughs> So when when they when the so when the, they finally took Constantinople and all, they made these massive cannons that were like huge, and these things were like oh. cracking and blowing up and everything on them because of the heat. Because you have to cast these big old things. I talk about how they cast them and stuff in here, how they cast some of these things in brass and iron. So what makes it interesting, and what the reason I kind of like what they're doing with firearms in here, is because number one, if you look at the table of guns. There's the rate of fire. A couple of them that do less damage, you can do one shot every two rounds or one shot every four rounds. But some of these is like one in every 14 rounds or four shots per day, one in six rounds. So you can't just keep on firing these off. And when they talk about the history of the gun and the like how the guns were made and how they were used and the danger of them, They talk about the different ways they were shot off and the different things that were used to shoot them. So let's say you have somebody who is makes these guns because you're going to need someone to make it. They got to be able to cast that metal. I don't know if blacksmith would be the right term because I think there was another term that they were using. But right. But in in our game, we'd be like a blacksmith or gunsmith gunsmith before gunsmith here. Yeah. The player characters should not be allowed to obtain skill in gunsmithing nor in battlefield gunnery. Now, that talks about the gunsmiths being the ones who kind of know how to use it and show people how to use it. And there's an element there of like having to figure out how to use it. Like, how close am I going to be to light it? And how far away do I want to be to light it? And what am I going to use? It talks about elements of like, if you have fire or sparks from flint, it could make the whole thing blow up in your face. So there's all these little elements of firing a gun, which makes it quite a chore and task. For the players, that's not going to be a simple thing where, oh, I'm just going to shoot in combat. You're going to have to either A, watch the gunsmith do it and pick up the process. And likely every time you fire the weapon, you're going to have to do like, it's got like a 10% chance of blowing up in your face. So you got a 110 chance. I'm like, hey, roll a 10. If you roll a one, that thing blows up on you and it's going to be a problem. So (laughs) one in 10 are good odds. I'll I'll roll those odds. (laughs) I don't trust like a one on D20. So I don't think I trust a one in 10. <laughs> <laughs> it adds flavor to the game. You know, you can self-inflict so much damage on your own party. That's half the fun. Exactly. But I can see why I would shoot a magic missile instead of using a gun at this point. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> the gun's going to be dangerous. It can do. It has a potential to do a lot of damage. But the people shooting these things off have a high fatality rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, they're all going to be like missing their hands and fingers and limbs and stuff and firing <laughs> off, you know, these 10% chance of exploding your face and weapons. Yeah. The way they approach guns here, like I said, I'm always, I've always been kind of had an aversion to guns in the fantasy realm, but, and because of that power game stuff, but I think it's interesting the process here. I think that there might even somewhere riddled in this, 
there may be some processes that could be expanded on for the well, I'll say is modern OSR games. Oh yes, much more procedural. I liked how there's also like siege rules for guns because it mentions like in the article like how a big factor of gunpowder becoming so widespread was that you could actually destroy fortifications with it. It was like actually a big deal. And so seeing like the actual um, how many points of damage is a deal against wood, earth, stone, or like hard rock that I think is like really interesting and actually shows like how powerful these things really are for a time period like this. Yeah, they were devastating. And also one of the reasons you can't, the most powerful ones, you got to wait 14 rounds or only be able to shoot them. (laughs) Like this one here does 6d6 damage. Um, yeah, you can only shoot it four times in a day. <laughs> but they but you'd have an entire battlefield loaded up with these things, you know. You you you'd have you'd be sitting there at a fortress and you'd probably be wanting to break through that wall, and you'd have an entire army when you're using something like that. So a lot of people would be dying in the process of this battle. But how often they can actually shoot to try to break down the wall is another question. <laughs> well, th- this is curious because, you know, I'm thinking back to some like the Warhammer Fantasy games, the Warhammer Fantasy universe. They did use some of these flintlock and minor cannons and stuff. And then you got a crew of dwarves rolling up the big old cannon and stuff. So I guess I could see a fit depending on the genre you're playing in because I've seen it happen in Warhammer uh, Fantasy, Warhammer 20K before, but uh, not as much in the traditional OD&D world. The ribald is did anybody take a look at the ribald? The ribald oh, looks yes. like a musical instrument. The organ gun. Yeah, the organ exactly. <laughs> it's gonna shoot. It's just it's all it's almost like a precursor to the concept is like like having a uh like well you I might call a machine gun something that shoots off many rounds and you've got many barrels and light that thing and see how many you can shoot out into how many directions. It's 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 interesting looking. They, t- they talk about a little bit about like Greek fire in here as well too, which we do use in some of our games. So versus it being gunpowder, it'd be like I guess napalm. <laughs> yeah, that's the Greek fire. I was just watching. They were talking about the Greek fire also in that siege of Constantinople, and they actually used it and and, and it got on a lot of their own men. And, and oops, when they were trying to dig under the wall, and they killed a bunch of their own. It was horrible. <laughs> they were trying to burn out burn out underneath it with the greek fire and bring down that that wall around the wall down uh, yeah so then their use of gunpowder um there with those giant cannons like it, it reminds me of what they're putting here and that as an element in game could be very interesting especially if you're able to you're trying to fend off something as a party and figure out how to use it and making people check like okay so you've got this in front of you what are you going to do and have them explain how they're going to try to do it now one of the things they point out in here is that the gunpowder itself was often since it was so unstable and explosive was people would know how to mix it on the spot so it talked about the salt powder the saltpeter yeah saltpeter and like thicker saltpeter, like thicker grains of saltpeter doesn't burn as fast. Let's get more fine, fine, smaller. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is finer saltpeter is going to burn quicker and blow up faster. That's kind of seems more ideal. But these are more like uh, siege weapons versus personal weapons, right? Well, so there's a little bit of both here. And that's what I'm looking at is, is uh, there's kind of a line here. Like the way these are, it's not. It's not your six shooter with your with your, you know, you can just keep on rapidly shooting because you've got to reload them. But it's kind of early into like 
they got the serpentine match lock and the hand cannons. So it's not quite into the wild west. You're still medieval firearms, medieval weapons with gunpowder. So they are more like a cannon, but some might be a little bit smaller, like a little pot sized cannon. I don't see how people hold those reasonably i'm sure you gotta lay down and put it on the ground to use it i'm sure you gotta like reinforce it so it doesn't like kick back and you know s- smack you in the face as well too but you know it's one of those i think so if i had i don't know ever bowed and then i see i don't know 10 goblins charging up the hill at me would i hurry up and mix my mix of gunpowder and saltpeter and load my ribald or would i cast magic missile or would i run i, I mean well here's we got the rate of fire here we'll probably tell you so if the rate of fire is 1 in 14, I'm assuming that's because it takes that 14 rounds to load. But it load and clean out the barrels, or multiple barrels, I should say, in the, yeah. in the case of the Ribald. So the Ribald is 1 in, oh, that thing's 1 in 24. It takes 24 rounds. So if they're running up at you. Oh, wow. They're probably going to be engaging in melee within like two or three rounds if they're running up a hill. Yeah. So you're asking what you're going to do. That Let your players know. Say, okay, I would almost consider being like at first when they're trying to discover not tell them how long it takes to load <laughs> it's gonna be trial by trial by experiment <laughs> i think seeing this written out as a in a modern style as more procedural would definitely be a cool thing if someone out there wants to put together a zine there's an idea <laughs> actually my friend wrote like a update of boot hill where he took like the rules for like doing a duel and like she said there was like a pistol but it's um simpler and more like i don't know easier to follow than the whole like list of like plus one plus two bonuses that blue hill has so i imagine something like that would be nice for this kind of more medieval style of guns yeah there's definitely things you can do with this and it takes me into areas i think we talked about this before sometimes we have a hard time envisioning things like uh economies as they used to be and we hear guns and firearms we're picturing something very modern but this is not, this is very medieval. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. To your point, Marsha, you know, streamlining the game mechanics, obviously this is written in 1982. So it was back in the good old days when everything was a little, a little bit clunkier, but <laughs> streamlining the game mechanics for a modern day game would you know make it easier to run because trying to keep track of like, oh, we fired it 13 rounds ago. How many more rounds do we got left? I mean, no, no one's going to keep track of 14 rounds of fire. <laughs> I feel like that this kind of thing, like it's either like one shot guns for the duration of the encounter, or it has to be like a bigger time scale where like, instead of looking, I think more accurately should be like minutes instead of rounds. Yeah. Instead of tracking like by minute, let's track by like 10 minutes. And so, okay, now this gun can shoot like twice per 10 minute round, for example, that might be like easier to keep track of than what this thing is doing. Yeah, yeah. agree. Yeah. And some of those, and some of those is going to take, like it, it is where it is. I think there's a lot here interesting. I'd like to go through this a few more times and I might actually use some of these rules and incorporate them into my current campaign. And I'm sitting here looking at this thinking of, of setting an adventure and some scenarios <laughs> and stuff around <laughs> firearms now. Right. Like, here you go. And seeing how it goes. <laughs> We're going to have like, like a party of gestures carrying a bunch of boomsticks, you know, <laughs> what can go wrong? Uh, they're, they're more like hand can. I, I picture someone holding a pot under their arm, um, this big old pot, <laughs> trying to carry it around. And because the picture I saw of it, uh, of the one, what, what was that one called? I said, Is it the pot, the pot de fleur, or whatever it was? Yeah, the pot de fleur. 
it, it seems to be attached to some sort of wooden brace. Oh my god! Hold on, let me find that uh, pot. Pot's D F E R. Pot of iron, or yeah. something like that. Pot D fur was a was a primitive cannon made of iron. is known as the first metal cannon and was used by the French Hundred Years' War. And you look at the pot de fur, it looks like it almost looks like a pot that you would carry water in in the ancient world, essentially. The first real gun was a large bottle-shaped iron pot that fired an enormous crossbow bolt when powder in its bottom was ignited. Such weapons were known as pot de fur. So things like the pot de fur, those earlier primitive, like more more pre to what you know we came to make i'm more interested in those <laughs> oh yeah this looks more fun and also just kind of like terrifying because the pictures they have them like on a wooden table almost yes and maybe like more realistically it's like like it's like a brace or like something holding it in place but i'm imagining like you have this like pot on a flat table and you're like about to fire it that's like a terrifying image i think that it will be interesting to just set those things in there and put them in a situation perhaps they could use it to defend themselves and they've got the pieces there and they have to figure it out. I was like, what are you going to do? Here it is. You think, you know, about a gun, how are you going to, how are you going to do this? Exactly. <laughs> like, like, what are you going to do? I'm trying to think Did the uh, gnomes in the uh, dragon or five E are they able to create stuff like this as well too? I'm not as familiar with the gnomes in five E I'm only familiar with like gnomes and dragon Would they be able to come up with something like this? I know that the artificer class has some like, weird stuff but i haven't actually played 5e in forever and i don't i never read 5e actually i've only ever just like the summaries online to play because <laughs> i can't read like huge um manuals for games yeah 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 i think this i think this one thing that 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 has been changing and it's like ose and a lot of other indie stuff coming out is, is no need to read the huge manual anymore <laughs> <laughs> yes please well we're about on time we're way over time if you <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today Give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Marcia, where can they find you online? You can find me at Traverse Fantasy on Twitter, or you can find my blog from there. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wildlies and Wizards. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logan Harold Crom. We're on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Don't explode. Yeah, don't explode. <laughs> Maybe we load a cannon with like D20s. <laughs>